Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, younger siblings asking about sex, how to talk to an old friend with cancer, downgrading a friend with benefits to just friends, and taking the leap to live abroad. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, there's a 16-year age gap between my twin sisters and me. They're now in secondary school and becoming wonderful young adults. But at 13, they're already starting to ask me about drugs and boys and sex, and I'm worried about giving them bad advice. Can you help? Oh, heavens. Advice about drugs and boys and sex. I'm 44 years old, caring older sister of twins, and I'd very much like someone to come and give me advice on these mysterious and complicated subjects. Your question is simple to the point and very short, but you managed to suggest a lot. I like that you note the wonderful young adults your two sisters are becoming. You clearly care for them and feel a sense of responsibility towards them. And you know what? I think that might be the most important thing to bear in mind here, not the actual content of any advice that they might want you to give. Information, suggestions and hints on drugs, boys and sex are all very well. But the thing that any 13 year old girl really needs, I'm pretty certain, is a sympathetic adult witness who is not their parent. Perhaps focus less on what they expect from you and think more about what you can give them without explicitly giving advice. They're already starting to ask, you say. Well, let them ask as many questions as possible. If they come with one question, then respond, hmm, that's a great question. Do you have anything else you want to know about that? And what else? Keep them talking and keep them asking. And then you can turn it around and say, what do you already know about that? If you had to guess the answer to those questions yourself, what would you say? Do you have any friends with any suggestions? It will be much easier to correct information that they've already absorbed and guide them towards their own advice than it will be to provide them with a bulletproof plan of action. After all, we all know that it's all very well listening to other people's advice, but none of us ever really learns anything until we've lived through it ourselves. So by all means, tell them about your experience, maybe censoring whatever you think is inappropriate for their age, but try and send them a really clear message. The most important thing is to keep talking and asking questions and there are no easy answers. I do also need to broach one missing element here. 
where are the parents in this scenario? You don't say. You might want to have a quick word with one or both of your parents first to make sure they're comfortable with the twins talking about all this with you. You might find they're incredibly pleased that you're taking charge of this and so they don't have to worry about it. Good luck and please do report back with any extra information the 13-year-olds might have about the drugs, the boys and the sex. I feel they may soon know more than both of us. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, I've recently found out that a university friend who I'd over the years fallen out of touch with was diagnosed with cancer last summer. I haven't seen her in a few years and a mutual friend got in touch to break the news, explaining that she's already undergone intense chemotherapy, has accumulated a fine array of fabulous wigs, but is about to undergo radiotherapy and won't know until two years down the line whether the treatment has worked. I'm due to see her for the first time, but really nervous about how to behave, particularly as I've no sense of how sick she'll appear. Do I pretend like nothing's the matter so as not to risk being weird with her? Or is it important to acknowledge the elephant in the room? I'm really scared of upsetting or offending her. How do I treat her like her usual self, whilst also letting her know I'm here to talk about her illness as and when it suits her? Oh, dear concerned friend, thanks for writing in. I think this is an issue lots of people struggle with. So the first thing I want to say is this. Let yourself off the hook a bit. This is going to be an awkward situation no matter how well prepared you are and no matter how much research and canvassing you've done over what is the inverted commas right thing to do. My instinct would strongly be to be guided by your friend who's sick. She'll be used to these situations, so let her lead you. If you feel confident enough, then just be honest and state your feelings. I'm really sorry, but I have no idea how to behave or what to say to you. I think you need to let go of the idea of being scared about upsetting or offending her. It's good that you care, but the bottom line is... Yes, you might upset or offend her and through no fault of your own. Everyone responds to these situations differently and there's no fixed etiquette here. Just try to be as relaxed as you can and be open-minded about the meeting. If you think it would help you, I would recommend having a bit of a Google around, particularly on the Macmillan and Cancer Research websites. I just put into the search box the words, what's the worst thing you can say to someone with cancer? And it came up with 13 million results. So you're not the first person to worry about this. Some of the advice is obvious. Don't say things like, that's a good cancer to have. You're so brave. Or I know how you feel. But I think we all know that. (laughs) Some of it really bears looking at, though, because it's helpful, not just for supporting friends going through cancer, but for supporting anyone who's having difficulties in life. Saying things like, I don't really know what to say is good because it's honest and it acknowledges how you're feeling as well as showing that you care. I'm sorry you're going through this is also simple, caring and true. Like I say, allow your friend to take the lead and just be honest with her about how you're feeling. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, how shall I even start? I have a good friend with whom the friendship turned into a little bit more occasionally a while back. There isn't any thought on either side to take it any further than that. We both have our reasons in regard to this. However, 
I have started to realise recently that I'm not really up to it anymore. I feel that whatever feelings I had for him, I've kind of gotten over. I don't want to lose him as a friend, but I don't think this is working for me anymore as it is. Yours, not up for cuddles. Wow. What an intriguing short letter, not up for cuddles. Uh, let me try and understand what's going on here. I don't know if I can use the F word on Dear Viv, as I don't think we've ever used it, but uh, I'll skirt around it a bit instead for the sake of any feeble-hearted listeners, although I'd be surprised if the feeble-hearted had made it this far, to be honest. But it sounds as if you've got into a relationship where the two of you are what the young people call F buddies. Your friend wants the F buddy situation, friends with benefits, to continue. You want to remove the F and continue just being buddies. Have I understood this right? I think this is what you mean when you say there isn't any thought on either side to take it any further than that. So basically, the two of you decided that you both wanted the relationship to be physical, but neither of you wanted it to turn into a long term thing. This is really tricky because the second you moved away from being buddies and brought the F into the relationship, you risked losing each other as friends. And I have to warn you that you may have to accept it's going to be very difficult, maybe even impossible, for things to revert back to the way they were before. There's a chance, of course. But equally, there's a chance that A, your friend will be very offended that you want the physical side of things to end and B, that he has very different ideas to you about whether the relationship has a future. You say there's never been any thought on either side of things going any further, but you don't really know that that's true. I think all you can do, and I suspect you know it already, is be honest about how you feel and state plainly and clearly that you want to go back to just being friends and you don't want to be part of a physical relationship anymore. I suspect a cooling off period might be advisable. Sort it out as soon as you can, but maybe set up something in advance where you're removed from each other for a period of time. This will make things much easier for your friend. It's a good time to book a holiday, basically. Remember that no one wants to hear that someone doesn't want to give them cuddles anymore. So let him down gently. Only after the dust has settled after that bombshell will you know what's next for your partnership as buddies without the F. Our last question this week. Dear Viv, I've always wanted to live abroad at some point in my life. And finally, at the grand old age of 28, have realised that if it doesn't happen now, it never will. But living abroad would mean leaving my job in PR, which I've worked hard to get, my amazing friends, my family and the life I've been building in London since graduating. What's more, I don't speak any foreign languages apart from un petit peu of GCSE French. All these things point to staying put. It's just such a huge undertaking. But I'm worried that if I don't leave, it will be something I regret when I'm older. I don't even know if I'd be able to get a proper job abroad. I don't know where to start or even if I should give it a go. I have this horrible image of myself in Paris or Berlin, alone in a grotty flat with no friends or family around, looking at photos online of all the stuff back home I'm missing out on. Help! Zut alors, au secours, help indeed, where to start? I want to challenge a lot of the wording and the thinking in this rather lovely letter. I've 
Always wanted to live abroad at some point in my life, you say. Well, life is long, we hope, and you never know when you'll have the chance to live abroad. You say, the grand old age of 28. 28 is no age at all, my friend. With a more interesting social life in my mid-teens, I could have been your mother. You're so young and there's so much in front of you, so don't write yourself off in this way. Conversely, your other definites are just as warped. If I don't leave, it will be something I regret when I'm older. You don't know that. You might as well just think, thank goodness I never went to live in France, even for un petit peu. But let's look at your question seriously. I think you need to work out in your own mind whether this is really something that you still want and whether it is something that you want right now. Just because you made a vow to yourself at some point that this was a dream of yours doesn't mean that it's really still a dream or that it's the right dream for now. I do sense a certain bewilderment in your letter that you're amazed that you seem to have actually achieved a life you really want without going abroad. Your hard-won job in PR, your amazing friends and family and an exciting life in London. Maybe you found your abroad right at home already. On the other hand, you wouldn't be writing in if you didn't feel strongly about this. But there's no need to treat this, I think, as an either or. It's not a black or white thing. How about you get creative and find some ways to be abroad that don't involve relocating? Can you get a bit of an extra holiday time this year or some unpaid leave? Can you do a house swap for a fortnight or three weeks to keep it affordable? Can you find ways to travel with your work? Perhaps your colleagues would appreciate someone organising a mini conference in Paris. I expect there are a lot of ways to bring abroad into the life that you have now. This would start to answer the other question, I don't know where to start or even if I should give it a go. Start where you are. Start small and manageable. Make some experiments. You'll soon know if you should give it a go in a more serious way. Bon voyage. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.